0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to ASUG Talks, Candid Career Conversations, a podcast production of the America's SAP Users Group. I'm Laurel nelson Rowe, Managing Editor with ASUG, and your ASUG Talks Season 2 podcast host. In each Candid Career Conversation episode, we explore career paths and progress, experiences and insights, moments of success and decision do-overs with ASUG members who have led or participated in SAP technology projects and enterprise-wide IT initiatives. We know the work-life stories, the high points, the sage advice, and tough lessons learned will engage you, will inspire you, and you are our audience across the information technology, SAP customer, and ASUG member community. It's time for today's talk. Let's get to it. I am joined today on Asug Talks by Tim Nguyen, who is consultant for the SAP S/4HANA digital transformation project and project member of the PMO at the Navajo Tribal Utility Authority or NTUA. Thank you Tim for joining us today on Asug Talks. We're going to have a candid career conversation. And we're gonna take a step back first. Let's begin our conversation with a little bit of your background. Where did you grow up? Tell us a little bit about that. And did that affect who you became as a professional? And if so, how?
1: Hello, and it's, it's a pleasure to be here with you. To answer your question, yeah I was born in Vietnam and I you know grew up all over the world. Part of it was uh, spent in France so I'm fluent in French. but I've been in the u s for forty eight years now. I feel very much American since sap is a is a worldwide global you know product with a lot of people using it around the world. I suppose my international background has uh, been a great help.
0: Did you always want a career in information technology or when did that first <laughs> strike you as a career path?
1: Actually, not really. I had a degree in uh, transportation and management from from the University of Texas in Austin, and I was hoping to go to work for the airlines. But things uh, often take an interesting turn in in, uh, in life, right? And I've traveled the world literally for my SAP work, SAP work rather. Uh, and therefore I've been more of an airline customer rather than an airline executive. But uh, yeah, I didn't really seek out a career in IT. Uh, it just came to me. And after 26 years doing SAP and almost 30-some years of doing IT, uh, it's I guess it's been a blessing, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it.
0: What did you want to do for airlines?
1: Uh, probably would be some kind of a airline executive overlooking uh, customer service or in airline experience or in scheduling or in in-flight planning or something like that. But you're a great user of airlines anyway. I do fly them a lot, yes.
0: So ASAC talks puts together a few lightning round questions, and we ask our guests to really answer questions in two minutes or less. And your first lightning round question is to share with our audience your career highlights.
1: Yeah, so I've been very fortunate uh, to have had a forty-two years career in IT, and I've done everything from building my own SAP consulting company in the nineties. I've led, uh, you know, global service delivery when I was at, at at the Semantic Global Service in the mid 2000, And then when I was at EMC as their SAP Global Technical Evangelist, uh, I had the opportunity to hand in and building some really groundbreaking and amazing solutions for SAP customers around the world. I guess uh, looking back, some of the highlights would be, the, of course, the recent Go Live uh, that I had at NTUA. On Monday, November 14, 2020, 2022, when we went live with S4HANA Utility 2021. That's the sixth major go-live in my career and arguably <laughs> arguably the, uh, the pinnacle of my career because it was a very complex project. It was something that uh, when when we went into it, we didn't know how big of it's going to be. Uh, obviously, other people saw how big it was, and and that that led to NTUA being nominated and actually winning the, uh, the SAP Innovation Award as Utility of the Year for the mid market.
0: So that was number six. Was the highlight? Will there be a number seven? Number eight? Number nine?
1: Well, I uh, I am I'm not planning on on fully retiring yet. I did I did take a brief early retirement when I left EMC, but it didn't that didn't last very long. So but so it's it's hard to tell, but uh, yeah, it could be some more. We'll see.
0: Okay, what's been your favorite job or role or responsibility to date, and why is that your favorite?
1: So I've had some really interesting roles and and responsibility in my career. You could argue that it's a checkered career, actually, uh, but uh,
0: checkered. How so? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's, it, every career has its ups and its down, right? I prefer to think of on, on the upside. My current role at NTOA as, as a consultant for the SAP as Fuhana Digital Transformation Project and a member of, of the PMO of, of the project uh, management office may be a very, very important role as a member of the leadership team and, and the strategy team. we made an impact on the project and on how people do things. And in fact, in this case, had an impact on the life of the Navajo Nation, you know, people, right? So it's it's actually quite quite fascinating. My favorite role is probably the one that I had at EMC when I was the SAP Global Technical Evangelist there for SAP Global Solution. So in that role, I work with engineering to create market-leading solutions, and I work with customers, help them with maximizing their investment in EMC technologies, as well as I was one of the enabler of the EMC Global Salesforce to help them uh, explain the compelling value proposition.
0: Great. You alluded to this perhaps already in, in one of your answers, but what's been the most challenging role and responsibility? Is it the most recent go live or or another?
1: The most recent go live was was not the big challenge. It was a challenge. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't a big challenge. And People asked me, so how was it? And I say, well, arguably one of the best, if not the best of my career, you know, because if the thought of planning that went into it. I often said that all of these go lives are 90% planning and 10%, you know, uh, execution, right? I think the, the mo- biggest challenge I had was when I was asked to see if I could go to France to help EMC build the SAP business there. And again, they, they they knew I was, you know, being able to speak French a little bit and I was telling, at the time, I was telling my boss, Doug Emmons, that, yeah, I probably could order from a French menu or lunch or dinner, but you asked me to explain SAP in French, well, I'm not sure how that's going to fly, right? And, and if you're in France, you, unless you speak French and speak French fluently, you're not going to be very effective, right? But, I managed to surprise everyone, including myself, by actually being able to do all of that. And uh, I could not tell you how I did it. Uh, obviously, part of it is, is being passionate about it, being able to enjoy doing it and, and believe in what you're doing. You know? And so uh, in the end, yes, I was able to, to successfully help EMC build its business plans.
0: And technology is a language unto itself. It was, was it almost like uh, another language?
1: in the world of, of complex technology like sap it's about the why why would you do something right it's less about the what and less about the how right of course there's a how as well but it's about the why and when you connect especially when you're in in a, in a mode to try to convince somebody to do something with you then it it's become much more of a why once people you know get it and, and the light bulb goes off and that's when you get into how I mean, the what is it's just there, right? A, a lot of people talk too much about the what, but it doesn't resonate as to why would I want to do that? Why would I to buy your product? Why would we should do X, Y, and Z, right? So the most successful people, I mean, today, uh, they, they talk about the why. And, you know, you, I mean, you name it, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, you know, people like that. It's all about the why. Yeah. I mean, why would you buy an iPhone? Right <laughs> Many company makes phone, right but uh, Apples appears to be the most successful of all.
0: How did that experience in, in France and with the SAP technology shape you for your future roles and challenges?
1: It just reminds me that if, if there is a challenge and there will always be challenge in life, that you have to think creatively out of the box and whatever to overcome the challenge. I guess if there's there's a lesson learned, if you will, is that you want to be optimistic and you want to try your best to get something done. No guarantee you're going to succeed, but if you try your best and you, you know, are optimistic that it's going to work, then it will be fine, you know. And that's pretty much the same thing with this Go Live. There were numerous challenges, but we overcome them. It was not easy, but uh, in, the, in the end, we're live, and that's all that matters.
0: Mm-hmm. You said also that this most recent experience, this most recent go-live, uh, benefited the Navajo Nation. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: NTUA is a, is a business of the Navajo Nation, and it's, it's a public utility that serves the need of the Navajo people. It uh, provides electricity, water, wastewater, um, gas, and so on. So it's been using S C P for 20 plus years and, and it's running on an old version, ECC. And it was time to move to a, a much more modern version of product S4HANA, where it has much improved customer service and whatnot. Uh, and it has uh, a lot of things that uh, that only S4HANA can do with like embedded analytics and AI machine learning that we, we deploy as part of the intelligent asset management. Uh, and also, For the first time in NTUA history, we deploy a customer service portal. So it really changes how NTUA can service its customer and can can deliver better service to its customer, which is mostly the NABO people.
0: Thank you. And perhaps we'll talk a a little bit more about that in future conversations. On your education and training background, what, what helped you in particular as you traveled down your career path
1: to be honest, SAP is not something that's taught in school. Right. I mean, it doesn't hurt that you have a computer science degree, but uh, I didn't, and most people that I know do not. So a formal uh, education, uh, not necessarily you know, a requirement you know, for success, right? I think that you would be better off uh, finding a way to be part of a, of a project or more than one if you can learn on a job so project by project it's project by project and you build your your knowledge and you and you network and you and you work and you learn from others in these days in, in the you know 2022 onwards uh, any project that has innovation as part of its objective uh, is really the best opportunity that you should pursue right uh, everyone can do a migration but like in, in the case of NTUA, it was incredible innovation with the embedded analytics and with the uh, intelligent asset management. So, yeah, I mean, those are the sort of thing that um, was part of your personal growth, part of your your expertise development. Those are the sort of thing that you want to be thinking about.
0: Okay, great. Have you had mentors uh, across your career path?
1: Don't we have a- any real mentor. I did did have some very good managers. They've encouraged me to think out of the box, just think differently. And at the EMC, they say, just do it and ask for forgiveness later, right? (laughs) And I think in a way, that's why they're so successful. Things change, of course, and and the EMC that I used to work at is no longer there. It's now part of Dell, where the culture is a lot different. But I think that um, the thing that I've always Done is to think out of the box, do things a little differently, if possible.
0: If possible,
1: it's not always possible because you have to have the right manager to allow you to do those sort of things, right?
0: To go ahead and do it, and then ask for forgiveness. Yeah. If possible, if if you could narrow it down, you mentioned the word pinnacle before. What would be the highlight? Of your career?
1: Yeah, that could take a long time, Laura. It could take a long time, but uh, I'll boil it down to a few, probably three. Okay. Again, at EMC, I think 2012, SCP HANA just came out as a, as a database, right? And EMC, because they sold storage product and they sold disaster recovery, business continuance uh, solutions, how do you protect an in memory database? That was kind of difficult, right? So, again, it's part of my job was to think out of the box, how do, we, how do we do this? And of course, when you have a storage company with uh, storage technologies, you can protect it from a technology point of view, but that doesn't solve the real problem, which is the business problem. Okay? So we needed, we needed I mean, the participation of someone who knows the business. And so, we, so I had a, a lunch conversation with a good friend of mine who works at at the Deloitte consulting and we decided we're going to put together a proof of concept to show that we can actually do a disaster recovery for SAP hana over long distance over over, over hundreds of, of miles distance right we call it you know, Project Rubicon so if you google uh, tim win emc or tim win sap it may still be out there it's been a few years so it's almost 10 years now so they may have taking it down but the last time I checked, about two years ago, it was still out there. So we were able to not only uh, demonstrate uh, that you can actually do disaster recovery for HANA. This is before SAP came out with system replication and all that. We actually did that. We demonstrated it. And we actually presented a at Sapphire, I think it was in 2012.
0: Groundbreaking uh, at the time?
1: Yeah, groundbreaking at the time. So that was the art of the impossible, if you will, right? The second one, the second highlight, was when I was at Callaway Gov and we migrated from ECC on Oracle to Suite on HANA. We achieved a world record uh, for migrating seven and a half terabyte. We presented this at Sapphire in 2017 and that was quite quite an accomplishment. I mean, I, it was quite incredible. Arguably, the pinnacle was the recent go-live at NTUA. And, and I say that because it, it's the first and only project in my 26 years career where I participated from A to Z. In other words, I started from uh, the discovery process to the actual go-live, right? Most people don't even have that opportunity yet. Most people come in in the middle, come in, start, leave, whatever, right? So it was unique in, in that sense. It was uh, you know, a very ambitious uh, project with five separate work stream, everything from a complete refresh of the infrastructure to build out a private cloud to the migration to S4HANA, uh, you know, using Fury as a primary interface to the implementation of the customer service portal, of the embedded analytics, and of the intelligent asset management. So uh, a lot there. It didn't seem like that big a deal when we started it, when we wrote the RFP. But of course, now that looking back, it was a lot, right? And I guess people notice, and that's why N- NTUA was nominated and actually won. And received uh, the award. Yeah, yeah, the Utility of the Year. Part of the SAP Innovation Award at the uh, SAP for U3D Conference in San Diego this year.
0: Yeah, and as you say, in- innovation made the difference.
1: Yeah, I think innovation is probably you know an, an important reason why why NTUI won.
0: A second lightning round question: uh, If you could narrow it down, what are the three things you've learned from being in this field that people should know?
1: Basically, you have to network a lot. You have to get to know a lot of people because SAP is so wide that no one knows everything, you, you can't, right? So you have to know a lot of people. The sharing of information is absolutely critical to being able to, to find a solution. And it goes two ways, right? So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a two-way street. You can't just take information from others, you. you have to share it back to you, right? That That's what I'm doing this, this today with you, right? Yes. And I think that the, the other thing is, like I said earlier, is to think out of the box and think of things differently. And then find a way to get people to, uh, to agree uh, with your ideas. Obviously, it's not always easy, right? Uh, in fact, it's very hard. But uh, if you find a way to get people to agree with your ideas, and they support it, and they evangelize it with you, then it will get accepted.
0: One of your roles that you described when we began the conversation was as an evangelist. So that skill set has served you well over time, correct?
1: Well, that, that's just a title that I, I gave myself, <laughs> but uh, it applies. It, it's it's part of it's part of it's part of believing what you're doing and sharing that excitement with others, right? So, yeah.
0: Which leads to the next question: You are passionate about what you do. What inspires that passion?
1: Yeah. So I think it's it's hard to say. I think it's part of what I love to do, and, and I think that if it can help some other people in achieving what they want to achieve, then that that's something that it's worth doing. If the end goal is something that is better than what we have today, and if if I can in in a meaningful way contribute to that, then it's worth doing. So that's where the that's where the passion comes from. It's it's very hard to explain that. Sure, you can be paid money, but that's that's not the end all and the be all, right? right. And you can be paid, you know, well but be in a really bad position and in a miserable Your position, miserable job, and I've been there. Believe me, that's not much fun either, right? But if you are, I guess one thing that I could say is that if you are fortunate enough, like I've been, to have bosses who appreciate what you do and and let you do it, that's what then increase your your level of passion that much more, right?
0: That supportive environment. Uh, As you reflect, what are you most proud of in your professional life, and why? What's that one? most proud moment or experience
1: well like i said before it's just a matter of uh, being being bold and being brave and think think outside the box yeah you know?
0: do you most love the leadership position uh, in terms of projects and teams or the participation in teams that are innovative
1: well it, it's it's really neither if you are an expert it is expected that you would contribute your expertise right so you can call it, call it leadership if you like, but it's, it's expertise, right? And I found that at NTUA, which is quite interesting, their culture is one of consensus, which is very foreign to me, actually. I've never been in a company where no one, not a boss, will tell you, this is what we're going to do. It's always, so what do you think we're going to do? What should we do? Right? And it's a consensus culture. Um, after four years there, I've actually come to quite like it. But it was it was a big adjustment.
0: What are the most helpful resources that you've used along the way, including ASAC resources?
1: Yeah, so ASAC has certainly been a resource in uh, the ASAC community, and I've been that's why I I have been and continue to be an ASAC volunteer since I think two thousand twelve. That's going on ten years, right? So it's a lot of demand on my time and a lot of things, but but I got out of it. It's, it's it's immense, right? And that's why I'm willing to share and to give back uh, as much as I can. So I was a chair of the enterprise architecture SIG. In that capacity, I was part of the team to choose many of the sessions at Sapphire, right? So here I was being asked to use my expertise to sh- choose these sessions. but believe me or not, I learned a lot more from figuring out these sessions than actually even sitting in them. So ASAC certainly has been a big resource. The overall network and SAP itself, um, if you're an SAP customer, you may or may not know, but uh, as part of your enterprise support, you have access to amazing uh, training courses online that is at no additional cost to your company. These courses are absolutely fantastic. They actually owe no charge. It's online. Some of them actually live course. Now I don't have time anymore to do those course, but I, I would love to participate in some of those. So yeah, explore that. Those are resources that can really be that game changer to allow you to obtain the expertise that you can't get anywhere else. Like I said, they don't teach anything in school. <laughs> and if they did, it would be obsolete because it'll take them <laughs> two years to create the course. And by that time right at that time stuff is like no longer relevant.
0: And it sounds like even as you've put a lot of time and energy into sharing, you've gotten so much more back from it.
1: Without question, without question, this project at NTUA—a significant part of its success—is because of the input of our peers. The people that, that I reach out to, reach out and ask for opinions and advice, and so on. And without their insight and their lessons learned, um, we wouldn't be anywhere, you know, where we need to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks. So third lightning round question, what are the three best pieces of advice that you'd give those interested in a career in IT and specifically people interested in an SAP project or journey?
1: First, find an opportunity to be part of an industry project when it has innovation in it, right? No substitute for knowledge and experience. It's just that, right? Second is, is try to be quote, innovative, uh, to be part of a project that has innovation as part of its, of its deliverable. Uh, again, you have to be at the right place, right time. Like, like they say, uh, it's never easy, never simple. But uh, somebody asked me before, I had two, two opportunity. which one should I choose? And I say, well, I would choose the one with innovation, even though it may be paying less money, but just the, the opportunity to grow and to learn from that. It will make up for what you're going to be able to make make in the short term right and then the last the last point that we just talked about is the is to leverage the community and the networking or the training that is available to you as an scp customer. but but really really the community all of the conferences so i've been very fortunate in my career that conferences has been an integral part of my development uh, been to every sapphire except two. In fact, there was a there was a real possibility that I would actually be missing my first sapphire this year because it, it was invitation only. It all worked out. I kept my streak of I don't know, 22 safaris or something like that alive.
0: What do you hope that uh, the listeners to ASOG talks take away from our conversation today?
1: There's a Latin proverb I think uh, that's loosely translate to something like fortune favors the brave or fortune favors the bold or something like that, right? So I hope that this conversation would encourage whoever's listening to this to be bold, to have confidence in in yourself and in the people who work with you, work around you. And on occasion, uh, if you're allowed to, to think outside of the box, that's what it's gonna take to get things done.
0: So be bold, that's the theme. Thank you, Tim, for the conversation today, the candid conversation and and your advice. We'll check in on those next projects that you take up. Have a great rest of your day and thank you to the ASUG Talks audience. What a great, wisdom-filled way to end this ASUG Talks Candid Career Conversation episode. I'm sure our audience agrees. And speaking of audience, let's continue to expand our engaged listeners' and our ASUG Talks guest list. If it's time for you to ASUG Talk with me in a candid career conversation of your own, from your office or work from home space, contact me, Laurel Nelson-Rowe, ASUG Managing Editor and your podcast host via asug.com. We want to schedule your talk time now. And remember to share this and every ASUG Talks episode with colleagues, with friends, with your professional network, and co-workers on your teams across your enterprise. ASUG Talks is available on asug.com and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until we talk again.